Hi and hello Hoop Dreams fans, we are back again, episode 25, quarter century, big episode, it's a really big episode, and Chikudi, going to tell the people why it's such a big episode. It's our second guest of the podcast, uh, took us 25 attempts to get to, so uh, we're slowly getting there, it's um, a co-host of Dunks and Discourse, it's Josh Eberly. Josh, how you doing? Doing good boys, thanks for having me on, appreciate it man. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, been a big fan of your show for for a while now. Um, just great to get to get another creator on, especially a guy, another guy who is um, you know not from the US, another guy in the market. Just great to get your perspective and just talk some hoops, man. Yeah, but we got. I mean, us non-Americans got to stick together, man. The market, <laughs> the market. Us, they even taken the Raptors, man. They're taking everything from us. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. We got to stick together, man. They took our London game as well. We had a London game for like ten years. That's gone. Man. Oh, gee, don't remind me about that. You know yeah. what? Blaming COVID, blaming America, same, same. So you know. <laughs> Speaking of, man, how is everything over there right now in the whole with the whole COVID situation? Oh man, it's it's the never ending battle of twenty twenty. We were out. I'm a teacher during the day, so we were back in school. Now we're shifting to back online, state of emergency again. It's just been. Been a roller coaster, unfortunately. Must be a nightmare to ever kind of get any any kind of momentum going or ever get comfortable because it seems like you're just getting told different stuff all the time. And oh yeah, it's just been it's been tough, man. And trying to plan like when I'm gonna go see games, like when I'm gonna go do stuff with ball has been impossible. So yeah. I mean, just a halt to everything. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna minute, start next year. It's going to be a better one. It has to be a better one. <laughs> yeah. So um, we I spoke to you a little bit about the podcast before. Uh, you and Jabari Davis, you co-host the podcast. What made you want to get into podcasting? Oh man, um, you know, somewhere I just felt like amongst you know writing for five, six, seven sites and tweeting a billion times, I just didn't get to speak my mind enough. Uh, no, I don't know, man. You know, uh, I started hearing, you know, I think I started with Bill Simmons is probably one of the first podcasts I was listening to. Um, you know, Twitter just wasn't sating that ability to really have a conversation, you know, in depth. And sometimes, especially, you know, in the early days when I was doing freelance stuff for Dime Magazine, you'd have so many ideas you wanted to just run off and only so many people were paying you to write an article. So the podcast lane really opens it up to talk about some of the things that you might not be able to otherwise yeah for sure man like we I, I get that completely because we um we both studied journalism and it got to the point where it's like we can write articles and we can have social media followings and things like that but after a while it's kind of like i want to speak speak kind of about i want to have the freedom to tell what i want to tell and say what i want to say without kind of having being being handcuffed sometimes because of course it's great when sites give you opportunities to write and different things like that but sometimes you want a bit more kind of creative freedom and for sure yeah especially listen to your podcast you know you guys you guys definitely have some fun with that um you guys make it quite quite public do you you know you're happy to respond to people on twitter you know you're happy to kind of have conversations with nba fans and of course that's how we came in contact with you over twelve. um i wanted to know is there a particular fan base that you find <laughs> comes at you guys more whether it be for better or worse you know it's it's funny because jabari and i would have different takes on this jabari is um, a Lakers fan and in his mind all fans are like equally bad like every fan base has you know a sect of fans who are vile but come on man we we know that California the Lakers fans there's so many of them they've been so spoiled if you've been a ball fan for 20 years you've seen five championships like the Lakers fans the Warriors fans and I gotta say like if you if you're new to the NBA 
seen or you haven't been covering it for a while. When the Miami fans got LeBron Wade and Bosch and the Heatles were really kicking it off, man. Heat fans were wild because in fairness, everyone did hate the Heat, but Heat fans were like, if LeBron got ranked number two in a ranking or like Wade got ranked 11th, 7th, Heat fans would be like, out for blood. Everyone hates us. The world is against <laughs> us. And yeah, they, it got tiresome fast, man. So I still think like big three Heat fans were the worst of anybody ever. I like that. Wow. So, so all time we're saying Miami Heat, they took it like Jordan in the last dance. Like they take it personal. If so personal, so personal. <laughs> they've actually, they, they've simmered down now. They simmered down now. You know, a lot of them followed LeBron to LA. A lot of them stopped caring about basketball. They got Tua now with the Dolphins. You know, they've got, they got other things to worry about. They got other yeah. things going on now. They're a little bit more relaxed now. That, that's an interesting point because I always say to, um, to Chikudi that I feel like 2012 to 2014 is when, for me, Twitter really peaked. And that was peak Twitter times. And then that does coincide with the heat kind of having that, yeah, having the heels and having that success. So that could, that makes some sense there. I hear that. All right, Josh. Um, so since obviously last season, we saw the Raptors win um, championship. Obviously it was great for Canada. Uh, have you seen there be a rise in kind of more Canadians starting to take an interest in basketball? Yeah, unfortunately, I think, we saw that, I mean, with the combination of COVID and with Kawhi Leonard leaving, I think they lost some of that momentum. Yeah. But I got, like, during that playoff run, I had never seen, and I'm not based in Toronto, I'm from Calgary, Alberta. So, you mm. know, uh, Western Alberta, nowhere near Toronto, or Western Canada, nowhere near Toronto. But I'd never seen so many people around me, like, be talking about basketball, showing interest in basketball. I was seeing Raptors gear all the time everywhere I went, which was completely foreign to me, especially coming up as a kid. Like when Vince Carter was in his heyday and I was coming up and becoming like an extreme hoops fan, you'd be lucky, man, to maybe see 30 seconds of basketball highlights. Like be 29 minutes of hockey. Maybe if Vince Carter had a savage dunk, you would get that at the very end of the highlight show. And there wasn't a lot of hoops talk, but you know, this – it started before this too. And I, I mean, got to give DeRozan's due, but like that, we, the North movement really the last five, six, seven years, seen the, the hoops mm -hmm. fans kind of go up quite a bit. Yeah. I definitely got the vibe here, especially in London, that, that it was cool to be associated with Toronto basketball and, and Canadian basketball for a while it became very fashionable. It was cool. You had Drake doing this thing and, and that was exciting times. Um, so just, just, I'm um, sorry, real quick. How many people at the Raptors parade? Was it like, a million or two million, something like that? Yeah, I think it peaked at like two million people or something crazy like that. And there was like a shooting and people were still like out there. Like, they, it, They're like I'm going yeah. to risk it for this. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, this is, he's only got so many bullets in that clip. Yeah, yeah, there's too many of us. We can't get all of us. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Um, yeah, of course, as you said, the Raptors kind of, is, it, it's it's obviously it's Canada's team in, in effect, but then of course Canada's huge. There's a lot of, you know, it's, you may be a Canadian basketball fan, have no affiliation or no connection to the Raptors. Do you think that the rise in, in just general players making it to the league of Can Canadian descent and from Canada is going to help maybe people to, if they don't necessarily have an NBA team, to then follow a player and then maybe follow that player around and then get into basketball that way? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, it would be good if we saw, like, and I mean, it'll get there, but... Um, a lot of the talent coming from basketball is coming from Ontario. It's not far from Toronto, so you're still pulling a lot of that same demographic. Mm -hmm. You know, Kelly Olynyk from from British Columbia is probably the, the biggest name in the league outside of Ontario. But as, as you know, the programs start to develop across the country, and like 
when I was a kid playing ball, there was like three teams for your community, you know, A, B, and C grades group. Now there's like eight, nine teams in all these cities in Canada. So the next 10, 15 years, as we get talent across the globe and people are like, oh, he grew up not far from me. I think you'll start to see more of that poll. But right now it is still so Ontario centric. Yeah. Sure, man. So um, so you, if I'm right in saying that you're a Dallas Mavericks fan, so, yes, sir. Um, at the times when I believe the Vancouver Grizzlies were probably around, and obviously we, you talked about Vince Carter a little bit. Why did you decide to become a Mavs fan? Man, my mom was a flight attendant, and oh, okay. uh, <laughs> I was like six, and she brought me home like a gray Dallas Mavs T-shirt and a blue Dallas Cowboys hoodie. 97 i think like literally right after the cowboys had won that last super bowl so the cowboys have sucked for the entirety of the time that i've (laughs) cheered for them and and like everyone else when i was a mass fan like junior high especially i'd be like rocking like white and blue dallas mass warm-up gear for my junior high people like what team is this like because it's lakers the raptors nobody knew nobody else right yeah Yeah. (laughs) That, that was before vince carter so yeah. I, love, I love that you have a reason because with us in London, we thought with you being kind of connected, maybe it's similar. We just kind of, you just pick a team. We just, yeah, like, we just pick. What's, yeah. that, what's that like? That must be so nice to just like evaluate, just look at like stock market, like who's going to, who's going to reward my pain, suffering, time, I mean, dollars I, yeah. spent. Like you can really look at that. There's been a lot of pain for me being a Clippers fan, but. Oh, you, you chose the Clippers. Yeah, I did. You chose yeah. them. Oh yeah. my God. Good Lord. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it was it was Lob City really got to me. And seeing Blake and, and CP. Yeah. It, it was like I wasn't I didn't know how much I was gonna get invested. So seeing them on like the top ten, top ten plays a day every week, I was like, okay, I need to be a Clippers fan. But I mean there's been so much pain for the past eight was it eight years now? Yeah. So I'm, um, I'm too deep in, to be honest. Th- those teams are so disappointing, man. There's so many times with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, where they would rock off like 10, 11 wins, 13 and two, 13 and three. Yeah. And you would think, man, this is the year. Like they're going to do this. And in, yeah. somebody was always hurt. There was always some bullshit. Like I, it's too bad because Chris Paul and Blake Griffin are both going to get, you know, they're going to fall short of where they should, you know, respect wise when they retire because they didn't get through. But man, talented, talented teams. Definitely. I feel like they're one of the biggest what-if teams. Like, there is like, sure. five or six different years where you can say, if one thing goes differently, like, that, that they could they could have easily had a couple couple championships down there in the Clippers. I love that also Chikuli didn't take into into consideration the whole West Coast time thing. Oh, oh yeah. That's, that's a whole other thing. That's free, yeah, free 30 starts most of the time. I don't know how you guys do that, man. I'm in, I'm in like, the most blessed spot, man. Mountain time. It's beautiful because, like, when you get home from work at, like, 4.35, the East games are just tipping off. And when you're, like, you're, you're done dinner, end of the night, the late game starting at, like, 8 or 9. So, yeah, you got to stay up to 11, but it's mm-hmm. not like East Coast. You boys are, like, 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning sometimes. Yeah, games I, end. If it's West Coast, ends around 6 a.m. Yeah, it's brutal, man. I don't know. It's <laughs> because if you take a bad loss, you can't even sleep because you'd be too mad. <laughs> it's, like, it's already 3 a.m., 4 a.m. So I'm like, man, I'm just going to sit up. Like, I just can't. I can't. Yeah. I can't. That, was, that was game game, what game was it? Game six, I think, against the Nuggets. That yeah, game. I could, no, not game six. Sorry, game five. Game five. That was just, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I feel like I you get a fun tradition here. It's kind of like, more often than not, it's kind of you wake up and the first thing you do in the morning is check the highlights or you just check Insta and then you check Twitter and then you see what happened that way. Because a lot of the yeah. time, 
Jakuti's a warrior. I can't do it, man. I'm, I can't stay up. <laughs> I wanted to like a man, but yeah. Um, get into like a little, obviously you've been a Mavs fan. Uh, what did you make of the free agency moves or, or, or back or Yeah. What are your thoughts, thoughts on the Mavs free agency uh, dealing so far? Just off-season moves in general. I, I feel like I wear, you know, how some fans are, are super big homers and like everyone's the greatest. I feel like yeah. I, I go the other way with my tinted glasses. Like I'm always cynical. <laughs> and I, I like, I don't know, I liked what Seth Curry brought last year, man. Like, Luca having shooting around him is good. And I watched Josh Richardson last year in Philadelphia not be able to get anything going on his own, not really spacing the floor. I know he's a plus defensive player. I, I get the fit. I know they wanted to maintain flexibility for Giannis potentially in the future. But, like, I just – everyone's so optimistic on Dallas. And I, like, Luca went from – borderline all-star to MVP ballot and like how much better can you really get I don't know like I feel like people are all up on the Mavs I'm like I don't they might they might just stay where they are man they might just be a good team again next year definitely man I was I, I kind of get the same thing see as a Celtics fan I'm I'm very much like you where I'm kind of let me just speak under let me just kind of yeah I think we're gonna yeah most of the time I'm like we're gonna underachieve I don't want to put up big expectations to be hurt and disappointed but, yeah um the reason I liked it, now I think everyone that watches ball and that takes an interest always has like one or two players who aren't that good, but they always, like there's a place in your heart for them. Yeah, and for sure. Josh, uh, Josh Richardson is that for me. I just oh, okay. think <laughs> I have, every year is going to be his year where he takes a jump and he just becomes a great player. So I hope it's going to be this year, but I've been wrong before and I was wrong last year. He, like he, he's a nice complimentary piece, but like I just don't know how nice and like at the same time tim hardaway jr was so good for dallas last year yeah i mean dallas fans like crapped on him because he didn't shoot like 50 percent from three like the guy was shooting 40 percent from three all year and every time he missed a three dallas fans would complain that he was <laughs> that he wasn't good or he was tricky i was like he's literally having the best season of his career shooting 40 percent from three like tim hardaway jr can't be kobe bryant like you just gotta be happy that he is doing this but uh, so I, I don't know how him and Jay Rich are going to like, are they going to split the two? Or are they going to play two, three? Um, I don't know. They love DFS, man. They love Dorian Finney-Smith. They're going to play him three, four. So we'll see. Yeah. Chikuni, what about you, man? I feel like you had the best offseason out of all of us so far. You know, I've been losing guys. You know, Josh has been kind of up and down. You, you guys have been all right. You know, Cook has been doing all right. Um, well, I mean, getting Trez out was, was number one for me. That was, <laughs> that had to happen, you know, after seeing how we played even in the Dallas series as well, but I mean, most of the Denver series. Getting Serge, I mean, he's, he's definitely an upgrade for us. Um, I know Tyloo loves to play, you know, a bit of a, a fiber offense at times, so I feel like Serge is going to have um, a lot of opportunity to play. Um, hopefully he's not prime Serge, where, you know, he's going to average three bucks a game or anything like that, but um, he's still going to be good for us. Um, the point guard was always the thing that people wanted us to get. I'm, I'm not, I'm still, I'm okay with it, you know I mean? I'm not like, I'm not like gonna be oh, this is gonna be make or break for us, but it would have been nice for us to get one. But I mean, the free agency, the free agency market's pretty much dried up nowadays. So, hey, Reggie if, Jackson's still out there. You, you know, what, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not really. I'm not Reggie. Uh, <laughs> after, <laughs> after seeing that Luca step back free over him, I'm I'm done with Reggie. To be honest, yeah, I think I think Isaiah's still out there. Bring Isaiah. Like, Isaiah and Lou will that <laughs> together <laughs> together playing minutes together at one two and Pat Bev's inevitably are. Oh my days! Yeah, I couldn't have that as well. No, you can yeah. you can bring him back, Isaiah, back to Boston. I would love to have him back, but you know, I feel like that bridge has been burned now. But you've got Jeff Teague, so 
Sorry. Don't even get me started on that. I, I really think <laughs> that if we suit, if you and Josh suit up against um, against Isaiah and Lubal, you guys get a couple buckets. You know, you guys will score a couple. <laughs> the thing is, like, I would definitely, I, I would absolutely body Isaiah for sure. I'm like six three. 235 i would absolutely body isaiah for like two or three buckets but i would never ever be able to stay with him in the open floor <laughs> that, that's the thing yeah it's, you have to score and then sprint back immediately and just yeah. like 11 2 11 3 against a pro hooper ain't bad man I'll yeah that's respectable yeah that's, that's what's up <laughs> yeah see i'm always really delusional my like six my, my six zero 180 i'm like you know what? maybe i can get one i can get if i can get a shot off i can maybe get one bucket but I'm being hopeful, man. But then, you know, against Jeff Teague, I think I could do something as well. The Celtics lose, <laughs> guys. I'm just, I'm, I'm so. There's been, I've got used to having big departures. You know, I've got yeah. getting hurt in free agency. It's been three years in a row now, where I feel like we've had a star player leave or three big occasions. Um, Josh, can you give me some reason to be optimistic with, with the Celtics, or is it? Is it is oh it, man, like. <laughs> You just didn't get better. And it just, I, I think what it is with the Celtics too is like you felt, you know, how many, three conference finals trips in the last six years? Yeah. Like you, it, yeah. it just feels like you should be taking that next step. And Danny Ainge just never pushes the chips in. And he, he's all like, he's, he's been going on the sustainability model. And I don't hate it because you, you feel like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, if they each take a little bit more of a step forward, Marcus Smart took a bit of a step forward, they're going to keep where they are. But it just felt like, you need, to, you need to do something to push yourself over the top. Like, potentially last year was a championship. Potentially this year is a championship. And I know you just signed Tatum on that extension, but, like, the clock is always ticking in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even like Miles Turner that much, but the idea that they could have got Miles Turner in the first for Hayward is just gross. Yeah, that's crazy that they declined that. That Why? hurts my heart so much that we said no to that because we wanted – I think we wanted TJ Warren thrown in as well. But, yeah, like you said, Miles Turner's not – he's not special – but man, he is better than losing him for nothing. And it's just like, who are you holding out for? Because, you know, like why, like why weren't you looking at maybe you grab Turner and that Pacers pick, and you keep Turner, and then you take, you know, some of your future picks and the Grizzlies pick or whatever, and then you and you put it in the pile and you try to get something else. But like, Ainge just seems like conservative at weird times. Like when other teams are, oh man, we were one game away from, you know beating LeBron James a couple years ago without Kyrie. And we were, you know, right there again. Like, other gyms would be like, man, we're, we're on the cusp. We got to go all in. We got to do it. And he's just like, oh, you know, we'll just, we'll just keep float. We'll just do the same thing. I, I get that's frustrating. Yeah, I think it, it is. It's just like we made the big deal for Kyrie, and then we get to game seven of an Eastern Conference Finals without him, and then there's no kick on. There's no push on. It's like, right, we made a big move. We're going to sit back and just play it safe. It's like, guys – I remember when Jimmy Butler was 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 one and out of um was one and out of Minnesota, and it's like we could look at a trade there. You know, we didn't do it, didn't pull the trigger. And now I have even to before do that, even like I wasn't there a Jalen Brown when he was a puppy for for Jimmy on the sort of deal on the on the table. I think I think it was like yeah, like rookie rookie Jalen. Yeah, that, that is that is my. If you speak like I've spoke to a couple other Celtics fans in London, and that is the one guy I'm like, you can trade Tatum, you can trade anyone on that team, you do not take Jalen Brown. You know, the love of Jalen Brown. <laughs> Man, he's nice. Like, he's nice, and he's he's easy to root for, but, like, I would not trade Tatum for, like, anything in the league. And it's funny because I used to shit on Celtics fans when the trade <laughs> when the trade rumors would come out. And, like, I remember four years ago or three years ago when people were like, Tatum for Anthony Davis, and we were laughing them off the internet. And now, today, I don't know if I would trade Jason Tatum. 
Ooh. Okay, that's 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 an interesting one. You know what? You, you, you're making me feel a little bit better now. At least I feel like I have I have something special there. You know, there's something. I feel like yeah, Tatum's special. Yeah, sure. I feel like Tatum's nice, nice. Like, there's not too many guys that can play three, four, guard the two, get their own shot, and he's still so young. Yeah, I think the issue is kind of similar to the Luka Doncic one, where it's like he's already so talented and so good, but how much better can he can he really get? It's like, is there going to be a con- continued leap? I feel like Tate. Tatum has, like, he's just taken more on one step at a time, where, like, Luca just got everything initially. Yeah. And, and I feel like at the beginning of the year, Tatum was having such a slump shooting, finishing. Oh, like, he would come right-hand, left-hand crossover, coming across the key, and he'd miss a bunny. And you'd be like, I don't know how he's missing these, but, like, he's getting to his spot every single time. And I think, you know, as he continues to get more reps as the guy, take as many shots as he's taken, he can continue to get better. Whereas, like, Luca just whatever you want to do, Luca you do because that's that's the plan right now. So um, I don't know, man. I, I feel like Tatum's probably if I was ranking the five guys I want to build a franchise around the league, he'd be in that five for sure. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Um, guys, quick one. Uh, biggest loser of, of free agency so far could be team player. What do you guys think on that? Ooh, um, I'm gonna go Detroit. You know, um. You know, they, they um I think it was like the first the first ten minutes of free agency, nothing really happened. And then we saw Mason Plumley, we saw Jaleel Okafor, they traded for Tony Bradley, the big deal for Jeremy Grant, they still have Blake on the team. They've got so many guys that can play four out of the five. So um I I'm I'm not really too sure on what they're doing. Grant, I mean, apparently there was you know, I think him and Dem- I think Denver and Detroit both offered the same amount of money. I think Grant just wanted just a bigger role in the offense. So, personally, for me, for Blake, I just want Blake out of there. If that's me being selfish, so um, yeah. I know that you, I know that Joe, I know that you're a big D Rose guy as well. So I'm sure that you're you, you're wanting him out of there as well. Free so. my guy D Rose, London's favorite player. Free him. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say Detroit for that. Yeah. Is D Rose actually London's favorite player? Is he like? I feel uh, like he is. Yeah, so I think it was more because so when um when he signed that huge deal with Adidas that ended up looking terrible a few years later, and he had like the he kind of hit, uh, they did a big drive in in Europe and London, and D Rose made a couple of trips over. He came to some local courts in the city, and then so many guys just I think as well the UK interest kind of started to peak around 2011, which was his MV, his uh, MVP season, mm-hmm. and then it seemed like a lot of guys. You would just see Bulls, Joe. You would just see if you go to any court in London now. I guarantee on like a Saturday in summer, you'll see at least one Derek Rose Bulls jersey. Yeah, that was my wow. first jersey, the old jersey. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know. I yeah. didn't know he had pull like that. It's a, it's a it's a weird one. Him and him and Jimmy Butler have a lot of get a lot of love over there. Huh. I'm trying to think like who is the like Detroit's Detroit's the first team that comes to mind too. Yeah. I I do wonder like Minnesota. Um, oh yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not I'm not a huge draft guy, but like everything I've read and seen about Anthony Edwards is uninspired. They got a his position is D'Angelo Russell's position. If you were gonna switch D to the one, you just traded for Rubio. You just signed Malik Beasley for $60 million, who plays the same position as yeah. Edwards and D They have no one on that team who plays any defense whatsoever. Like, (laughs) and Carl Anthony Towns has already like been on the rumor mill about wanting out, and I think that was sated somewhat with D'Lo. But if they come out after all these moves and they still suck again, like, 
they have to I just yeah they got pieces but I still I still don't know if it fits yeah they I, have a ton I, of I, gods yeah. way too many gods I would describe really? it kind of, both of these teams are kind of like when you're playing like 2k on like my career or GM mode and like the third season all of the computerized trades happen and then <laughs> <laughs> teams with six point guards and then like two but yeah just it makes it makes no sense the kind of roster building yeah questionable uh one question for you guys um kind of maps related as well because i remember when um when you guys uh signed chandler parsons to that big deal um do chandler parsons and gordon hayward have the same agent and how are they getting these deals like gordon hayward was wasn't like it was it, the reaction to that deal was, was understandable and that it looked bad. But at the same time, like he was good last year and Charlotte has nobody on the books of note except for Batum who they want to pay forever. Um, <laughs> but like, I like it, it's not the worst he's overpaid, but it's not the worst move ever. And I just like, I feel like there's no in between that like, people think he sucks or like people think he's the biggest loss for the Celtics ever. Like, I think he's a good player. He's going to be overpaid. I don't know, like the Parsons comparison is so easy, so easy to make. For so easy. I think, I think like, what, as well, like it's a it's, it's a white small forward. I'm like, yep, yeah, same thing, boom, just yeah. But when people like somebody broke down the math and it was like for every minute Chandler Parsons played basketball after that contract, he got paid six hundred thousand dollars or something like that. So I, I think the bar for Gordon Hayward to exceed that is quite low. Like, yeah, I could be reaching with that one a little bit. I could be reaching <laughs> with that one a I think part of this is me being hurt. So I'm like, it's the worst deal ever. I don't want him yet. Whatever. Um, what do you guys think about him and him and Lamelo being on the same team? Do you think it ever happened? Look at I. That's it. Just seems very strange. Even like Lamelo being in the league is strange to me because I remember seeing him when he was like 14 and he was just shooting like half court shots and it seemed like he was never gonna like you yeah. feel like he'd be like a guy that just okay he just fizzled out in a couple of years but like he's in the league now that's was pretty was, weird to see kind of surreal to me too yeah yeah this this draft is hard to like figure out too because i mean i i watched all the same mixtapes of lamello i saw him yeah. playing in lithuania and like i looked at his stats from the nbl and he could not you know hit the broad side of a barn <laughs> in the nbl and then people were talking about him in this draft, like he's the highest ceiling player. Like if someone was going to hit, it's going to be him. And I just like, I hope that's the case because Charlotte feels overdue to have someone nice. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I'm not overly optimistic that he's suddenly going to like figure out when he should shoot and what the offense is. And like, he's going to, I don't know, man, I, I, I'm not super optimistic. This does seem a bit like a whole kind of just the whole, yeah, this draft is very much, and maybe that's also with the COVID thing. And, you know, it's, it's been a weird situation, a weird build up. I feel like there's no one in this draft that I'm certain is going to be effective and it's going to be great straight away. And of course, last year was kind of a lot more clear cut. So I think it's going to be interesting. Um, the one thing I didn't like was I'm like, if you're going to sign Hayward, the thing that separates Hayward for me is he's a great ball handler and he's a great playmaker. And then if you're going to have Lamelo, the one thing you need to do with Lamelo is have the ball in his hands. And then it's like, they're going to take away from each other more. Well, I think like today's NBA, you need a couple, like the more guys that you have who can facilitate the offense, but at the same time, know when they shouldn't, shouldn't. It, uh, it is, it's great. And so I think Gordon knows like he's the secondary playmaker, but what that does do is Devonte Graham, who yeah. was someone who had like a really good year last year that people were excited about and was a bit of a surprise for them. Like 
how does he fit into that now? Because they're committed financially to Terry Rozier. Yeah. He's going to be their like alternate guard. And that's, that's whatever it is, what it is. But I mean, are they, have they just punted on Graham because him and LaMelo and Hayward is too many chefs in the kitchen. Yeah. That's a weird one. And like you said, there's no way they can get rid of, of scary Terry. So he's stuck there. That's, it's an interesting situation. To say the least. Interesting one. Uh, just a quick one. Uh, moving on. Just a quick uh, short answer guys. Most exciting um, league pass team for next year. Uh, Josh, you can go first with this one. Man, I, I feel like it's the Hawks. Um, and I know that, like, as a Dallas fan, I'm supposed to hate Trey Young and just, yeah. like, <laughs> crap all over Atlanta every chance I can. But, um, <laughs> like, I, I don't know, man. I think that uh, the Hawks got something going on. When you look around, you know, every offseason, you look at the teams who have young guys, specifically in the lottery, who have room to grow. And you look at all those guys on that team, like DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, like they have so many young guys who could get better. Trey, obviously. And then they added in, like, I love Gallinari. I think he's underrated. I think Bogdanovich was a good kid. They've got Capella there. Like they, they have a lot of good players. I think there's a lot of potential for them to just come out and rip off 10 wins in a row and people to be like, whoa, whoa what happened? Because this team wasn't good a minute ago. Yeah. Shikidi, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go, I'll go Phoenix. I just, I mean, me and CP, you know, I love CP. I feel like that's your he guy. That's my guy. I feel like I can. He can provide some stuff for that Suns team. Rubio's good for them last season, and um, obviously losing Ubre could help. Could hurt a little bit as well. But I mean, Mikael Bridges, um, he's been taking a leap over the past couple of years. I think they sh- they should be a playoff team. I- I- I'll say they'll be a playoff team. John Dre, and hopefully he doesn't get a drugs ban again, so <laughs> he doesn't miss twenty five games. So um, I-, I like Phoenix. I think CP CP there should um. Should excite things for them. That's the problem yeah. with Phoenix, man. It's like if they start playing too well, the whole team's going to get tested, and then that's it. So they can only get so successful. <laughs> I, I think honestly, that's that, that's not a bad call either, man. Like Chris Paul and Booker are going to be nice, and I think yeah. again that same idea that like you have all this time off between seasons. The young guys are in the gym. Paydays are coming. You look at Mikael Bridges. You look at DeAndre Aiden, and there's there's some legit you know room for them to be really good this year. Yeah, and same. I like. I love the Hawks. I think the Hawks. They just strike me as such a likable team now. They've always like. I've always found Trey Young to be super likable and fun. And you know the guys they've brought in. You know they've won some real nice pieces. And I'm excited yeah. to see them. Um, yeah, about to about to wrap up the episode now. But we have one last question for Josh Chikudi. I want you to to hit him with this one. All right. So Josh, we know that you are a movie guy, a uh, big fan of the movies. We wanted to know what is your favorite basketball movie. Oh man, my favorite basketball movie. Um, I feel so like unhip saying this, but the, the, honest, <laughs> the honest truth is because like I know that the basketball universe does not accept this movie, and apparently in real life, Ken Carter is kind of a dick. But Coach Carter, man, when Ooh, I yes. was, when when I was hooping, and like we, we used to watch that movie, like my team used to watch that all the all the time in high school. We'd watch it like every tourney, we'd all get hype. I, it's, it's probably Coach Carter for me, man. I respect yeah, that. That was my one. My one in the Q and A. Like two episodes ago, Coach Carter. Yeah, I only watched it once, and I don't remember much of it. But it was really good. Yeah, you said that, and I, I got that. Like, I watched it quite recently, and I remember being ready to run through a brick wall after I watched it. Oh cool, yeah, <laughs> I was so hyped. Um, just one more on top of that now, because I, for me, it's Space Jam, just because you know nostalgia and just that movie got me into basketball when I was a kid. <laughs> I um, can't wait for number two. But 
I always feel like in terms of the realm of sports, and just in sports movies in general, I feel like basketball movies don't rank as high as other sports for me. Um, if I had to, put, had to put it to general sports movie, would it still be Coach Carr or would you have a different one to take from first place? Man, that's tough. Okay, well, do, does Jerry Maguire count as a sports movie? Because that's my favorite movie of all time. I can count so, that. I mean, Jerry Maguire's got a little bit of everything. It's about the agent, but I don't yeah. know, Jerry Maguire. And then, like, remember the Titans is so good. Like, that's remember the Titans just – it just oh, holds up, man. Every I've watched that, yeah. like, three different decades. It just holds up, man. Yeah, that is timeless. That, that one, I, I can't put it up too high on mine because it makes me too sad, but banging but, but <laughs> movie. Jakudi, if I'd said – if I put the whole floor to sports before we go, are you still sticking with Coach Carter or what you got? Oh, man. Um, oh. I like one – I don't know which go, goal. I like goal. I don't know which if he's a goal one or goal two. It's man, a, I, I forgot about goal. Man, I watched that when I was young. <laughs> he really was like he, he's the kid. He's like a cook or something. He makes it in yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah. I forgot about that movie. Was dope. I forgot about that movie. Yeah, that's probably my favorite. I've, I haven't watched, I need to watch that back as well because it's been years since I watched that as well. But I, I say goal. You guys, is if you get a chance, don't even watch that one. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know about this, but there is um, goal three. They made a third movie. And it, it is absolutely hilarious because they stopped <laughs> making it with actual players and they just CGI'd the whole thing, like green screened it. It's hilarious. It's so bad. That, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's why that, it was like really bad. I don't think I've, yeah, I've always yeah. heard the last one's always the worst one. Yeah. That's the one where they, they should have stopped before they did, but yeah. It's, it's like Godfather <laughs> 3. They just, they knew the cash was coming and they were like, whatever, put anything on film. We'll sell it as the, as the third movie in the trilogy. We'll make it happen. You know what? We'll just write it out in one night and then it just have to put the name. As long as the name's on it, people are going to go and pay to see it. I, I respect know. I respect it, man. Yeah. If you, if you can make a few more bucks, go for it. Yeah. Go for yeah. it. I mean, I'm, we're fans of sequels. Any sequel I will watch, good or bad. Josh, it has been real. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Um, guys, make sure you check out Dunks and Discourse. Uh, you know what? Josh, let people know where, where, we should check you, where they should check you out, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, boys. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, on Twitter, at Josh Everly. Uh, write for a bunch of places, put all my stuff up there. And yeah, Dunks Discourse, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods for there. Perfect. Josh, thanks again. Uh, Jakuti, let's sign off. Uh, yeah, thanks, you guys, for listening to the episode. Uh, episode 26 coming soon. NBA season's coming soon. And uh, yeah, see you then. See you guys around. Take care.